Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. This week, we chat with Kim Tran, a first-gen Vietnamese writer, director, and comedian who once rode her bike from Texas to Alaska. Her films have been official selections of South by Southwest, Palm Springs Short Fest, and Short of the Week. She received the Mishner Fellowship to pursue her MFA in screenwriting and playwriting at the University of Texas at Austin. Her film, Zoe and Han, recently earned a Vimeo staff pick and is the project that we talked to her about. Since we chatted with Kim, some exciting updates have come up. Kim was awarded a development grant from the Austin Film Society to develop Zoe and Han into a feature film. The short played at Palm Springs Short Fest and will be playing at Holly Shorts. In her work, she explores messy Asian American women trying to find their way in the world. We love chatting with Kim and hope you enjoy the conversation too. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Kim. If you could start by just introducing yourself a little bit and tell us about your short film, Zoe and Han, that was selected to premiere at this year's South by Southwest Film Festival. Yeah. So uh, my name is Kim Tran. I am a writer, director, actor. I'm based in Austin, Texas currently. Um, I, I'm wrapping up grad school, so I go, I'm getting my MFA in screenwriting and playwriting at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, and so I, this, this is where I'm from. Um, and in that program, they, uh, they give us some summer funds to kind of do professional development. Like we can kind of just use it to write or we can go to conferences or like put on produce our own like plays or events or something so I took that and I wanted to make a short film um so I had already made some like digital I mainly do comedy so I had already done some like digital comedy sketches and then I made a short film about um this woman with a talking vagina but I wanted to like take this but like those are all like basically no budget and so I wanted to do another film with like a little more of a budget and um, and kind of just like grow in scale a little. And so that's what I did with Zoan Han. And the inspiration behind that was, so I'm Vietnamese American and uh, something that I noticed with my parents and a lot of my like fellow Asian American friends and just so my parents are also immigrants and also my immigrant children of immigrant friends is that like we never got the sex talk and um so I wanted to explore what it looks like when you don't get a sex talk and um when you're an adult and how that plays out so in my film um it's mainly focused on a mother daughter Vietnamese immigrant relationship and the mother should I say what happens or should I yeah it's up to you we'll we'll put a link in it so people can watch as well but yeah tell us yeah I'll just talk um uh but like the mother finds the daughter having sex and so and then you kind of see how they're now actually with like 
they're forced to confront it in the face, sort of. Um, and I, because I do comedy, I wanted, I wanted to put comedic moments in there, but I think naturally it was, it's more of a dramedy. And I think, so I think some people, when they, like when you watch it in an audience, it feels more like a comedy, but if you're watching just by yourself, it definitely feels more like a drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. So you're in Austin, you go to UT, hook them horns, my brother went to UT. Um, <laughs> yeah. So curious, like, I guess just wondering about your experience with the whole South by cancellation, how that affected you. And I mean, obviously the excitement you must've felt of like getting into the festival yeah. and being there, being from there, if you could kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm Austin, like born and raised. I went to UT for undergrad too. I studied biochemistry and film. Um, and yeah, like I, when I was an undergrad, I volunteered at South by and that was like my first introduction to South by and it was like amazing and I got to get a free badge from volunteering and I got to watch all these films and it was amazing um so getting to like fast forward many years later getting to actually get into the festival was like a dream come true and I found I got the email from them um on Christmas Eve so it was like the best present ever (laughs) I like woke up and like, you know how like when you wake up and you're just like really groggy and you grab your phone and you're just like scrolling <laughs> and I was scrolling and I saw that email and I still have my mouth garden because I, uh, <laughs> I grind my teeth at night and I was like, ah! <laughs> um, so it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, flash forward like to, I think it's like beginning of March at this point. Um, like I think the states were starting to be more aware or like take covid seriously um and there was actually a petition to like cancel south by and south by was like no we're gonna do it and then i think like a lot of cities like everything escalated really quickly um and they're like oh we're canceling it and i think at that point i wasn't because of the lead-up i wasn't like shocked or anything and i like obviously i was disappointed but i also given i guess the lead-up to it and also knowing everything I was like yeah it makes sense and in a way I feel like because South by was the first thing that got canceled one it made everyone like really serious about this but two like I feel like the South by filmmakers got really lucky in that like the whole all all the independent filmmaking and festivals and stuff they were like we feel so bad like we're gonna do everything we can to like promote your films and stuff but like now every like all the festivals are getting canceled but they I feel like because South by was the first like people in a way like gave us more attention which is like a silver lining of it yeah so um I so after that I was able to um I I was like okay I just want to put it online so then people can watch and like especially because right now people were looking forward to South by and they like still want to do something South by related they can at least watch my film online for free so I put it on short of the week um or like I submitted it and they have like a process where they choose um so they were super supportive and they actually like put together like a whole week of South by stuff and Mm. like programmed our stuff to that and then Vimeo reached out and was like we'd love to consider you for like staff pick um 
which is amazing because like I would always watch Vimeo videos and I was like I wonder how you get a staff pick like it seems so nebulous um but yeah like I think because Vimeo was associated with South by I think they had watched all the shorts and so someone who curates the staff picks reached out to me um so I was able to kind of like line up my online release with like the Vimeo staff pick and the shorter of the week so uh that was nice that was really amazing um yeah that's awesome yeah and like I've had like a lot of like local small people reach out and they have their own like their websites or streaming things um and I'm like yeah feel free to play my videos on Vimeo (laughs) here's the link that's great did you have other film festivals that you had like already submitted to or was it kind of just south by and you were waiting to see about that one like had you gone through the whole submission process for all the ones later in the year as well yeah i had submitted my film to a bunch of festivals um but i had submitted like it was like i submitted to the bigger ones the ones that have more like a it must be a premiere here um and i'm actually still waiting to hear back from a bunch but i have heard from a bunch too okay it got into Palm Springs, and oh, so yeah. they're doing, um, they're doing like an online. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, they're yeah. doing like an on online thing instead. So, cool. but like they're they were like super nice. They like refunded every filmmaker's fees, but they're still like doing all the work to curate and like put it online. So I was like, wow, that's really nice of y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Congrats about that. Um, yeah. What's a What's a favorite memory from creating this film? Any part of the process, just. Yeah. Um, So in the film, there's a part where the mom gets really angry and they're in the middle of a fight and the mom cuts off a piece of the daughter's hair. And I play the daughter in the film and so I'm the one that wrote the script. So I knew it was going to happen. And as when I was writing, I was like, so I, I'm someone who has like already, when I was in college, I like shaved my head and then I grew back out and then I did a mohawk. So I was like, <laughs> it's just hair. It's fine. Um, and then when it actually came time up, I, I was like, I was like, I told the actor playing my mom, I was like, just like, feel free and like, just go for it. And then, like, as I was looking in the mirror, I was like, but actually, if you could just, like, grab closer to here and just, like, cut as much, like, as little hair as possible. And it was just funny because I had, like, in my head told myself, I was like, it's fine. It's just hair. But <laughs> day of, I was like, oh, this is actually going to happen now. <laughs> wow. And just knowing how long it took out, it took me to grow out my hair that time I had a mohawk. And it was mm-hmm. so, like, my hair... Like some people, they, I think people who have more curly wavy hair, when it grows out, it looks like really cute and fashionable, but mine is just like pin straight and it like, it resisted gravity until it got enough weight to like fall down. And so it was like a year (laughs) of awkward hair and I was like, oh, I'm about to have a year of awkward hair. (laughs) But that that was just like a funny moment. And it was funny because like, that's, that was obviously like a one take situation um or so we thought so we did it and we did the one take and because my hair was like halfway up they the way that the actor like you cut it like that so when it fell like these hair pieces it it just looked like my hair was like really nicely layered in the front 
but the back it was like really short so we had to do and we actually had to have the production designer come in and like trim up my hair and kind of do like another take sort of and so in the actual film it's like a combination of that first take and then like like another take where the production designer had to make it more obvious that my hair was cut so i thought that was funny too wow because i had gotten this traumatic cut but from the front it just looked like i had gotten layers oh my gosh cannot believe yeah you cut your own hair i was like oh she definitely wore a wig like there's no way (laughs) that's amazing you you would be thinking about that yeah Yeah, i was Um, that's no, hilarious. I thought about a wig, and then I was like, I don't know, if, I don't think it will look real. No, I was like, wow, she got the most realistic looking like extensions. I was going through <laughs> in my head. I was like, how did she do this? Like, and then when you're in the mirror and you cut it, I was like, okay, so there's extensions are hidden in there, and she was feeling for like the fake hair, and she's just like really got it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's my own hair insecurity about my bangs and I'm always cutting my hair and somebody cut my hair on set one time and it wasn't, they weren't supposed to. So, you know, a little like PTSD. Was that part of of, like the scene? They cut your hair? No, no, (laughs) no, it wasn't part of anything. Yeah. Yeah, It's one thing when you're like expecting it and you're like, okay, plan it out. does it? <laughs> yeah, love some hair BTS. <laughs> um, speaking of the person cutting your hair, uh, I was really struck by the mother-daughter relationship in in your short, and I was wondering if you could talk about the casting of of your mother character, which it sounds like it was obviously based on a personal experience, and, and how that all worked. Yeah, so I um, in writing and like preparing for this film, I was like, because I'm Vietnamese and I know how to speak Vietnamese, and like. I grew up with my parents being like no speaking English at home because they didn't want us to lose our culture. Um, I wanted, and I like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's for everyone across the board, but like a lot of my fellow Vietnamese American friends, like they speak Vietnamese to their parents because their parents, a lot of Vietnamese in this country are like immigrants from post-Vietnam War. And so a lot of my friends are, are children of those immigrants. Um, but anyway, so we we speak Vietnamese. And so I wanted to portray that in the film. And so I wanted to cast a Vietnamese woman. Um, but I didn't know if it was possible. I didn't know she existed at that point. And I was like, I'm just going to write it. And then if it has to be another, like if it's, say, like a Chinese woman, like, because I in Austin, there's not a ton of Asian American actresses um, that age. I mean, in general, there's not. And especially in Austin, there's gonna, it's like an even smaller pool. Um, And so I was like, well, if it has to be someone else, maybe I can find a way to like, maybe I just speak English to her, but she speaks her language back to me or something. Um, And maybe we can make it work. Um, But I wrote it and then when it came time I was like I have like two people I can think of and then I reached out to my friend I was like hey do you she's like in the Asian American film community here and she was like do you I was like do you know anyone and she was like oh I have the perfect person and she sent me so her name is Wynn Stanton the one who plays my mom and she's she was like literally the only actress in all of Austin who could play that role and she was like wow an amazing actress you know um and she was like very experienced. And so when it was time 
for auditions, she was actually literally the, because the other person that I was thinking, she was Chinese, um, she ended up not being able to do the audition anyways. And so it was literally just her. And it was like, she was, it wasn't like, oh, she's the only one I have. It was like, she blew me away. And it's also, I got super lucky because she also, so she's the right age. But interestingly enough, she, um, in a way, she's like in between my generation and my parents. So even though she's my parents' age, she came over here with her family when she was really young. So she grew up here and she gets the whole like immigrant parent thing and also like the no sex thing. Um, But she also is a mother herself. And so she got both sides of it. Cause I also thought about like, Oh, I wonder how, like if someone like my mom was cast in this, how she would approach the subject matter or if she would be willing to. Um, so yeah, Nguyen was amazing and perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool story. Yeah. I just have one last little question. Well, it's probably not our last, uh, I'm always curious uh, I mean, as an actor, writer, director, how did you balance that on set, like on the day of um, balancing, especially directing and acting in it? Yeah, um, it's definitely hard. <laughs> there was, I think there was a time where I was, like there, I was, there was a scene where I was directing and then I was like, okay, now it's my time to act in it. And the first take we did, I had forgotten to turn off my director brain and I was like, in the scene but out of my body observing and I I was like halfway through the scene I was like oh fuck I'm supposed to be acting and like at that point I was just saying the lines and then afterwards my DP was like are you okay (laughs) and she was like I think we could both tell like that was really bad (laughs) (laughs) um and I was like yes okay turning on acting brain now uh so it's like a like it's for me I have to be very conscious to um like make sure I know which mode I'm in because like if I'm acting and I'm trying to like also direct or like see how the rest of this thing going it's impossible like it will not work it, my acting will be bad um so yeah and it's also like it wasn't the first time I've done that because like I said I've done like digital comedy sketches where a lot of times it is like directing and acting at the same time just like the nature of comedy um and then the short film I did before this I had also like written directed acted it so I had that experience under my belt and so I think each time it just you get a little more experience at it so um changing direction slightly but what's keeping you sane creatively in quarantine I guess you're finishing up your MFA so no big deal on that yeah but, um, <laughs> um Honestly, I don't know if I'm sane, but I have <laughs> deadlines, so I, I have to finish. Like, I have to meet the deadlines. Um, so I guess the deadlines are what is keeping me moving. Uh, but, well, actually, in terms of saneness, like, just getting outside the house and, like, I have a lot of increasing anxiety and stress, as we all do right now, and uh, going outside the house and getting sunlight and also... I'm not a runner, but lately I've been doing it more and it has been like the highlight of my day every day just because I'm like, I can like feel the anxiety leaving my body. Love that. 
Cool. So we end every interview with our three, two, one action segment, which is just kind of a little lightning round. So you can answer with whatever word or phrase <laughs> that kind of pops into your mind. Um, so we start with three, your favorite or most influential film. Um, okay. I'll just say, I can't choose one, but the first one that popped in was uh, Itu Mama Tambien. Two, dream person you want to work with. <gasps> uh, Minnie Kaling. One, best advice you've ever received. I have like these inspirational quotes so I'm like licking. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one where it's uh, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's a quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I'll try again tomorrow. And I like that one. <laughs> And action, where can people, one, watch your film, and two, follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, if you go to my social media, it, there's, like, links to my film. But so my social media on Instagram is KimTran.Texas, and my Twitter is KimTranTexas. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. You can find us at abrighterlens.com and at abrighterlens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at gmail.com. You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by Meg Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell. <laughs>